This is the Love Your Mom Life podcast, where we get real about getting out of your motherhood rut and creating a mom life you love. I'm your host, Nikki Odin, and I know a lot about what it's like to not love your mom life. Being a mom is hard, and being a mom with goals and dreams is even harder. Over the years, I've spent a whole lot of time on the hot mess express trying to harmonize motherhood with everything else I want out of life. But eventually, I figured it out. Sort of. You can create a mom life you absolutely love. So come on, let's do this thing together. Before we dive in, this is my cute little reminder to please hit that subscribe button. Be sure to follow us on social, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And of course, be sure to visit the blog at youridealmomlife.com for real life solutions to help you take back your time and love your mom life again. Hey there, welcome back to the Love Your Mom Life podcast. Oh my gosh, you guys. Things are getting real around here. I am super close to finalizing my big, hairy, audacious new project, and I'm like flipping out about how exciting this is for you. You're going to love it. And if you're like, Nikki, what the heck are you talking about? Go back to episode 26 to hear all about it. Now, as you can imagine, finishing this amazing new project has required all of my attention. So, As I start to wrap things up and put on the final touches, I have to focus on just this. So what that means for you is no new episodes during this very short time frame. Don't worry though. Don't worry. You know I came up with an awesome solution for all of you loyal listeners. We are having the best time having the ultimate re-listen party. I've gone back over the last three seasons of this podcast and determined the top three most popular episodes for each season. During this last few weeks, we've been revisiting those episodes, and I'm just so excited that you actually liked this idea because a lot of you are saying it's awesome to listen a second time and take away something brand new. Today, we're flashing back to the second most popular episode from season three so far, Pushing Past Fear to Create Your Dream Job with Ari Alvarez. In this episode, Ari and I get real about what it takes to create a successful career as a woman and a mom. I love getting a second dose of her wisdom on how to push past fear to create exactly what you want to experience in work, life, and motherhood. Enjoy revisiting what you loved about Season 3, Episode 12, Pushing Past Fear to Create Your Dream Job. Today's guest and I share a lot in common as she's a lawyer at my former firm and a mom on a mission to empower other women to develop the skills they need to be hugely successful in their careers. Before we dive in with her, just some quick reminders be sure to hit that plus or check mark button in your podcast app to officially follow this podcast. And if you like this episode, please share it with another mom. Don't forget to hop on over to Instagram after the show and follow me at Nikki Odin because I really mean it when I say I want to connect with you and be friends with you in real life. And keep submitting those questions for Ask Nikki, a new thing we're doing in season three. If there's a mom life topic you want me to cover in an episode or a question you're 
dying to hear me answer, email it to me at Nikki at youridealmomlife.com. And if it's a good fit, I'll air it on the show. And now let's meet our guest. Today's guest has been practicing law for over 20 years. She's a partner at Holland and Knight, where she practices primarily as an employee benefits and executive compensation specialist in merger and acquisition transactions, also known as M&A transactions. She is also the diversity partner and women's initiative coordinator for the Fort Lauderdale office of the firm. She's always been focused on diversity and inclusion issues and with the career development of women lawyers and diverse lawyers. For more than a decade, she's been mentoring women lawyers and helping them navigate their jobs in big law. About three years ago, she took this passion further and became certified as a career coach. Since then, she's helped many women in top U.S. firms with career development issues, including making a plan for promotion to partnership at their firms. Last year, she launched the Legally Balanced podcast, where she discusses career development topics viewed from the perspective of women lawyers and diverse attorneys. Find her podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And connect with her on Instagram at Legally Balanced LLC or at LegallyBalanced.com. I'm super excited that she's here. Welcome to the show, Ari Alvarez. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. Oh, it's really exciting to, it's like my two worlds have collided, right? Like I tell people all the time that before I became a mom, I was a lawyer practicing commercial litigation for a very large international law firm. (laughs) And now here you are from that law firm coming onto the podcast to talk about what we're both passionate about. And it's just so awesome for those two worlds to meet. So tell me, I think like not everyone listening to this is a lawyer. So I want to start with something that I think can be relatable for most working moms, which is having a full-time job and yet also having this sort of passion on the side that you don't know if you want to tell the people your full-time job about, but you really want to develop and turn into something impactful. Like, how did you navigate that at first? Well, um, you you have a good point there. Uh, I am, of course, uh, a full-time lawyer and a partner at Holland Tonight. And um, when I started to expand on this passion of helping women and I decided to become a career coach, the first thing that you think about or are concerned about is um, how is that going to jive with your full-time job? And how is your employer going to take that um, add-on or that, you know, side hustle? And so definitely I was concerned about it. And I was, um, you know, preparing to become a coach and going through the courses and the certification, but it was all very low key. And of course, I did do uh, a lot of mentoring internally. Uh, and I did help women lawyers through um the Women's Initiative, because the Women's Initiative does have uh, a mentorship program, and I had been involved with that. And so uh, throughout my career, I have always been mentoring women, and I have been a sounding board for them. My doors have always been open for anyone who has questions, even if it's not a formal mentoring relationship. Um, But now that I was actually getting certified and taking it a little bit further, I was a little bit concerned about how that was going to be taken. (laughs) Uh, I was uh, fortunate that my concerns were really um, 
not justified because at, at some point, you know, I, I decided that I was going to let everybody know what I was doing. And I was surprised at, um, you know, the support that I received uh, to the point where I have even been asked by our, you know, women's initiative program at the national level to speak um, with respect to some of these topics for the women in the firm. I have an, an upcoming webinar, an internal webinar, um, you know, related to um, marketing yourself and self-promotion, that type of thing. I've also done a couple of other internal uh, webinars that are either co-sponsored by the firm or that are for women's groups inside the firm. So not only have I not received any negative feedback about coaching and about, um, you know, having a podcast and all that, but I have noticed that the firm has actually used the uh, resources that I have uh, and has found a way to share that with with the women in the firm and to kind of make use of it. So it, that's pretty yeah, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. It is. I was one, I was uh, wondering while I was training to become uh, a coach, uh, how I could use those skills internally at the firm. And we have been finding ways to do that. And so I'm very happy that it, I can share this not only with people outside of the firm, but also internally as well. Yeah. It's such a great story of, being, you know, having that fear and being afraid to be open with your coworkers about this passion that you have that, I mean, it, it is related, but it could also, you could have taken it in a whole other direction too, if you wanted, right? Like in, and had a whole new business. So that can be scary, I think, to share that, that dream and that passion with your employer. But I love that you, you took that step of letting them know. So like, how did you decide Okay. I'm just going to be honest now. Like I'm, I'm getting this certified. Like, so it's not like you were like, Hey everyone, I'm getting certified. No, you went and did that first. And then, and then you told them. So how did you make that decision? Right. Well, it, it happened more or less around the time that I decided to launch a podcast because, uh, I had been thinking about doing that, uh, particularly because I wanted to get information out to women lawyers and diverse lawyers about practicing law and try to share some information about experiences that I have had during the past 20 years that I thought could be helpful to them. And I had been thinking about doing that for a while. And at some point I kept pushing it back and saying, okay, I'm going to do it next year. I'm going to do it next year. And, and I think that in part, it was because of the fear of coming out publicly as uh, being a coach and uh, doing all of these extracurricular things. Mm-hmm. But then at one point I said, I can't push this out anymore. I really want to do this. And yeah. if I'm going to do this, and if I'm going to put a podcast podcast out there into the world, I have to um, just come clean and open <laughs> and tell and like tell them what thing, I'm doing, right? Right. right. And um, and so I knew that if I was going to publish a podcast, everyone was going to know what I was doing, and I really didn't want to do anything behind their back. I wanted them to know yeah. what they were doing, what I was doing, and I wanted uh, also to make. Uh, skills, like I said, available to the firm. So I I did notify several people uh, within the firm about the fact that I had been certified, about the fact that I was launching a podcast that it had to do with, you know, career development for diverse lawyers and for women attorneys. And the reception and the feedback was great. So I'm, I'm happy I did it. But this kind of comes into 
the sphere of another topic that I deal with a lot uh, when it comes to diverse lawyers and uh, when it comes to female attorneys. And it is the topic of fear. Fear, yep. Because we have, uh, when you're a woman, when you're diverse, and when you are a diverse woman, <laughs> there, there are, uh, it's very common uh, for you to feel fear about a lot of things. Oftentimes, you're the first person in your family to become a lawyer. Um, you probably don't have uh, all of the feedback and all of the support that other people who come from families of lawyers have. Sure. Sometimes it's more difficult for you to navigate this very complex environment of, of law firms, right? And that tends to create fear um, and insecurity. Mm-hmm. And so I think that uh, it is very common for, for women lawyers and for diverse lawyers to maybe have a little bit uh, less confidence uh, in, in their work relationships and their work environment in general. And it manifested with me. I sat with this desire to coach attorneys to help them you know, with the, with their career development to have a podcast. I sat with that for years yeah. before I decided to uh, take the leap and actually open up about it. And I had to coach myself, and mm-hmm. I had to say to myself, you know, this is fear. What you're feeling is fear, and it comes from, like I said, this. Uh, conditioning in this background of being a woman and being um, a diverse attorney and sometimes feeling like you cannot take risks like other people can. Yeah. And, and so I decided to call it what it was <laughs> and to deal with it. And the result has been very positive. I've been able to help a lot of women. I've been able to help women within the firm. And I realized at some point that the fear was unfounded, Right. And so that also takes you to the next step, which is thinking about how many things you didn't do with respect to your career, to your life, because you had fear, because you were afraid. And what if you had not um, censored yourself? What if you had gone through with whatever your idea was or your desire was? Maybe the results would have been much better than you would have thought. Sooner, Yeah. So... I love talking about this. We just did an episode on a very similar topic about women having big goals and dreams, especially moms, right? A lot of times when you become a mother, you sort of push your goals and dreams aside for a little while at least. And then, and sometimes you never pick them back up because you're afraid of what people will think, or you're afraid you're not going to be good enough, or you're afraid your family will think you're, you know, on and on and on about the fear. And that fear can hold us back. And think about all the women you wouldn't have been, have helped through your podcast and at these law firms if you had let that fear stop you, if you had given into the fear and just sat with it comfortably because sometimes it's comfortable to be scared. It's easier to hide in the cave than it is to go out and maybe face the bear, right? Correct. But when you, when you let yourself feel that fear and hold yourself back, you're also depriving other people of your gifts and things that you could be ways you could be serving other people. And I love that you stepped out of that comfort zone and you went out there and faced your fear. And then you got evidence that this was what you're supposed to be doing. You got evidence that you can do it. This is a good idea. And people want to hear what you have to say. And that's propelling you forward. And that can be true for anybody, you know, in any in any situation. 
with their careers or, you know, if they have a dream on their heart to leave their job and do some and follow their passion. It's a great example. Right. And you bring up, you know, a good point, which is the point of the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is, like you say, easier to stay in your comfort zone. But if you stay in your comfort zone, you really don't grow because the comfort zone is precisely made up of things that you are familiar with. Right. And therefore, that's not growth. Um, and uh, I read, I, I don't recall the book, the name of the book, but I read at some point um, an author talking about the fact that you had a comfort zone. And then you pushed a little bit beyond the boundary of that comfort zone. And it felt uncomfortable at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But then after you engaged in whatever activity it was that was outside of your comfort zone, that activity started to become more familiar. And then it became part of your comfort zone. And that's how your comfort zone expands. And that's Mm -hmm. how you grow. And that's how you expand uh, as well. So um, many times we have to do it scared. We have to do it with fear and just recognize that fear is always common when you are expanding, when you're growing, when you're, when you are moving outside of your comfort zone. But after you do it scared, then um, what follows is that is growth, it's expansion. And Mm -hmm. then, um, you know, those boundaries just keep uh, being pushed further and further and, you know, you keep growing within them. Hey there, super mom. Do you ever wish someone would come out with a step-by-step system on how to keep your shiitake together? Yeah, so have we. So at Your Ideal Mom Life, we came up with one ourselves. It's called Mom with Confidence, the keep it together system specifically for super moms like us. And you can grab yours right now for $29 at youridealmomlife.com slash momwithconfidence. In two PDFs that you can download right now, you get a complete system that teaches you how to be better at balancing time with your kids and time for yourself, how to have more patience and less mom guilt, how to complete your to-do list each day, make time to exercise, create time to enjoy your family, and how to answer that dreaded question all moms hate. What's for dinner? This proven system will help you stay on track and get a handle on all the things. That means less mom guilt, more patience, and more joy. So if you've ever stood in front of the fridge minutes before you're supposed to feed your family dinner and berated yourself for not having groceries, if you're looking at other moms like, girl, how do you have it all together while I'm over here on the hot mess express? If you want to stop feeling spread thin and start getting time for yourself without the mom guilt, head on over to youridealmomlife.com slash momwithconfidence and purchase yours today for just $29. How do you encourage your clients to take that first step to step outside their comfort zone? Well, first of all, you have to acknowledge that you have fear about doing something. And um, you know when somebody has fear about taking action, when they just give you a whole bunch of excuses as to why right. they don't want to do what it is, right. whatever it is. Right. That's, that's, for, that's masking the fear. What masking you're really saying is you're terrified. Exactly. What you're really saying is that you're terrified. And then you're bringing up all of these excuses that you can easily debunk 
And then at the end of the line of excuses, there are no more excuses. And then you have to face the fact that what's holding you back and what's stopping you is fear. And But recognizing that fear is always the first step. And uh, internalizing and recognizing that all of the excuses that you are uh, raising in order to not do what you want to do are really just that, excuses. And once um, that settles in and you um, juggle that a little bit, then you're ready to start uh, making that affirm- affirmative determination that you want to move forward, even if it is scary and you have to understand what the scare, uh, what it is and, and where it comes from, right? Um, and the truth is that biologically, we're just not programmed to change. We're programmed to stay in our comfort zone. We're programmed to stay with uh, wherever it is that is safe for us. Right, to stay alive. To stay alive, Exactly. So if we find a safe spot, we are biologically going to want to stay in that safe spot. And so doing things that are expanding, uh, you know, expanding our career, expanding our personal life, things that are, uh, you know, related to growth, uh, to do those things, uh, that is always going to come with a certain extent of fear because you are going to be doing something that is outside of that place where your amygdala has told exactly. you that you're safe, right? Right. You're, you're going to die if you do this. You're going to die if you cross that line, right? Right. Um, so once you recognize that that's what it is and that, you know, your survival skills are telling you that, that you need to stay put, then you realize that maybe a lot of the warning signals and a lot of the things that are keeping you or holding you back are just... Um, survival mechanisms. They are just things that are popping up in order to keep you safe. But we don't live in a place where we are going to get eaten by a tiger if we walk out of the, (laughs) out of our front door. Right. Right. And so our biology has not evolved to understand the difference between a situation where you, where you are in true risk versus a situation where you are doing something different outside of your comfort zone, but that you know, it's not going to entail your death. It's not going right. to cause you to, uh, you know, it's, it's not a survival situation. murdered, right? Exactly. So, uh, but of course we have evolved and, and we um, do have the ability to overcome that fear and to recognize it and call it what it is. And then just do it scared. Just take that step, even if you uh, are uncomfortable at first. And like I said earlier, once you take the step, um, you realize that you're going to be okay and that it's not going to be as uncomfortable and it's going to be easier for you to take the next. Um, and uh, yeah, and in the case of women, that is, uh, I see a lot of fear, uh, yeah. more than I see in men. And and of course, in the case of working mothers, um, children are often or your responsibilities with respect to children are often part of the um, reasons that are given by women in order not to pursue other things. Right. 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 But we can do it. Um, Absolutely. We can do it. We just have to recognize the fear, uh, recognize the excuses that we are bringing up in order to not take the action that we want to take. And then just, um, uh, you know, develop a plan to move forward. Right. So I always recommend starting small with the first step, like just take the tiniest first step. Do you agree with that? 
Oh, yes. And, and that's kind of what I did. Um, I took the first step. I started um, uh, investigating about coaching courses and then I got information and then I enrolled in it and enrolling in it doesn't mean that I'm going to do it. Right. <laughs> but I enrolled <laughs> it. So it was like baby steps. Right. And, yeah. And, and I took the classes and I graduated and I got certified. And and so uh, it took a while. But yes, with every step that I took, I felt more comfortable. And I felt like I was ready then to take the next. So when you decided to come clean and go public, was that a small step for you as well? You told one person or you like were like, I'm here, everyone. I'm just off the rooftop. Well, actually, I did take small steps there as well. I did tell a few people internally in the firm what I was doing. I kind of gauged their reaction. Yeah. <laughs> and then survival. Um, yeah, survival, of course. And then um, I continued to expand the group of people that um, that I was, uh, you know, sharing this information with. And then, of course, I published the the first episode of the podcast. And then I started sharing it on social media. I right. knew that it was going to be seen by, mm-hmm. you know, people at the firm. And, uh, but I did it and I shared. And, and when I finally spoke uh, more generally about what I was doing, I was very natural about it. Um, yeah. I, I don't think I ever portrayed it as doing something I'm not supposed to do. Right. <laughs> and to the contrary, I always thought that um, I could, use the coaching skills that I had uh, acquired in situations that would benefit the firm and that would benefit my coworkers. So um, I always saw it in that light. Yeah. And I, I love that you sort of like you have an exact experience that models what we were just talking about with the, like the little baby steps in just getting certified. And then even even once you were certified and you were well-versed in this, having to come out and tell other people that you were doing it, that's so scary. It's really is. scary. Like, it's like, yeah, I can record all these podcast episodes. Look, I, I, when you say you sat on it for years with the podcast, I did too. With this podcast, sat on it for years. Like, I <laughs> was terrified. Like, record all the episodes, but I'm not going to publish them yet, you know, or write all the blog posts, but I'm I'm not going to publish them yet. But at least, you know, taking that first step and and, and taking the action, it it encourages you to take the next step. And a lot of times we don't know what the next step is going to be. But once you take the first step, I find the next step always reveals itself. And that in that way, you can start taking the action to propel you forward. That's absolutely true. Um, and a lot of people also are paralyzed because when they are going to take action in a new direction, they kind of look at the end game and the end game seems enormous, right? Yeah. Um, but if you just look at the next step that you're going to take in, you know, in inside of a bigger plan, right? You usually, even if you have a big goal, you normally break it down into smaller steps and into smaller stages. And, mm-hmm. um, and you don't have to think about reaching the end immediately. You, if you just think about the next step that you're going to take in order to um, get closer to a specific goal, that's enough. And that is going to move you closer. And then once you're closer, like you said, the next step is going to reveal itself. You don't necessarily need to have um, the whole uh, play-by-play no. uh, script who has that? In front no one of has you. That. Exactly. And I don't think it's, I, I, I always think that it's good to have a plan for whatever goal 
you have in life, but it could be a professional goal or a personal goal. But um, you should have a plan that's flexible because uh, you never know how things are going to change along the way. Yeah. And it is especially very, when you're a mom, especially when you're a mom. Exactly. And it's very common for you to have a plan or have an idea or a goal. And then as you are working towards it, you realize that that you have to make some tweaks, that you have to make some changes. So my, I'm a, I'm a proponent of always having a plan, right? I think that you, you have to have, particularly with respect to your career, you have, you have to have a plan, uh, because otherwise, uh, it is, you could be navigating in the wrong direction. (laughs) So I, I always recommend to have a plan for everything, you know, for your career development, for business development, for partnership, if that's your goal. Um, but the, the plan is, it is better if it is a general plan and has flexibility built into it, be, particularly when you are um, creating long-term plans, because you don't know what's going to happen in the process. And like course, you said, right. when you're a mom, there's so many variables, right? And, and, oh, yeah. <laughs> and your kids um, are an important factor to consider and, um, and it's always changing, right? Your, your family dynamics are always changing. And so you have to leave some space in your plans in order to modify and in order to be nimble and flexible whenever it's required. Um, but it's always good to have some baby steps, right? Some like yeah. next actions that are the ones that are going to steer you in the general direction of where you want to go. And then reevaluate every time that you complete a task, every time that you complete a stage of your plan, reevaluate and see whether you, um, if your plan is still viable, if there are some tweaks that you need to make. And by taking it one step at a time, it's going to be easier for you to accomplish things than by trying to do it all at once or trying to reach, you know, the finish line without going through the intermediate steps. That never works. So I, I love the idea of being flexible and tweaking, like evaluating, am I going, maybe I took, you know, five steps in the wrong directions and I need to tweak as I evaluate and, and change course a little bit. So how do I know if I'm making an appropriate tweak to the plan versus giving into fear again? Like maybe, how do I know if I'm like, my, am I making this tweak just so that I can hold myself back because I'm actually afraid to go forward? How do I balance this? Right. So uh, one thing that I like to do whenever I start a plan in any area is to understand and be very clear as to what my goals are and my priorities are with respect to that specific area, right? And once you're very clear as to your goals, then creating the intermediate plans, um, when you create them, you have to make sure that they are aligned with those goals and with those priorities and that they are taking you closer to those goals and your priorities. When you, um, sometimes you start uh, on a plan and you realize halfway there that the things that you're doing are not getting you closer to your goals. They're not getting you closer to your priorities. You need to tweak them because you have to get yourself back on track. Mm-hmm. Or you might have realized that maybe your priorities have changed. And and that happens, for right. example, in the case of motherhood. You yeah. might have certain plans and certain goals and then you have a child or maybe um, you have a child that has some special needs right. or... That, or maybe you have a parent that, and that this happened to me, my mom was diagnosed with cancer and all of a sudden 
um, you know, uh, I, my, my plans had to change to kind of take into account that she was going to be living with me and I was going to be caring for her until she passed. And so, um, so when your steps, when your intermediate steps, when your plan is changing to accommodate legitimate situations or circumstances in your life that you have to deal with, then you, you have to make those changes. You have to be nimble. But that is different as uh, to a situation where your plans haven't changed, your situation hasn't changed, your uh, goals and priorities are the same, and you're just not taking action. And it doesn't have anything to do with, uh, you know, changes in your circumstances, it doesn't have to do with um, adjustments that you have to make legitimately, right? Mm-hmm. If you're just stalling, because without without any um, justification, then that might be a signal of fear that you're just not moving forward because you're scared. Um, and, and that is uh, where you have to face the fear and move forward. Even if it's going, if it takes a little bit of courage. Right. Um, but that's kind of how I differentiate those two situations. Sometimes you do have le- legitimate changes in circumstances that are going to, um, require some changes in your plans or maybe your your circumstances or your priorities have not changed but you just got yourself into a route that is not conducive to what you had initially initially um determined was your goal and that could happen a lot in work for example you might have decided that you wanted to be an expert i don't know in patents <laughs> and, and you started working on some patent cases and it was good. And then, you know, your work took you in another direction. And all of a sudden you say, well, I want to be a patent, you know, partner. And all of a sudden I'm not doing any work in that area. What's going on? You know, the, the work kind of took you in a different direction. And then um, you say, okay, let me course correct here. What can I do in order to get back on track? Who mm-hmm. can I talk to, to get more patent cases? What, you know? Right. Like sometimes you just kind of go on autopilot and you're like, wait, I've drifted very far from the course and you didn't even realize it. I think that happens a lot. I also think sometimes people, because of the fear, maybe will just tell themselves like, well, I really didn't want to do that anyway. I've changed, I've changed my mind. So do you ever coach people who, who try to tell you that they're like, you know what, Ari, I just, I changed my mind. I don't want to do this. Like how did how do you know if someone's really changed their mind or if they're just, again, like holding themselves back with fear, fear? And how do you, how do you coach them through that? Do you kind of like slap them around a little? Like, come on. <laughs> well, you have to ask them questions regarding the origin of their or- original desire. Why yeah, right? did you want to do this in the first place? Did, did you really want to be a patent lawyer? Is that really what you wanted to do? Uh, how did you get into that practice in the, in the first place? Did anything change to change that? And some people do have legitimate um, answers. Some people say, well, I wanted to be this, but that, but that's because I had not had any other experiences. I had not practiced anywhere else. And all of a sudden I got exposed to other types of, of litigation or other types of practice. And now I realize that I have more passion towards that. And that could happen. Yeah. Um, it, it happened to me. I was, I started my career as a litigator and then you did. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's did. so funny. So for everyone listening, Ari and I actually worked in the same office, but we were like two ships passing in the night. She started at that office right when I was leaving and we were on different floors. So, right. And I was a litigator. So I find this fascinating. Okay. Keep going. Right. So I started as a litigator and, uh, at some point I realized that I preferred corporate work. That is so um, funny. It's yes. like totally opposite. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, and I started to shift and I, I am passionate about what I do right now. I really love the the work that I do. I get up every day and I do it and I enjoy it. That's awesome. Um, and uh, t- to me, litigation was not as fulfilling, <laughs> right? And I know that it is for, for other people, um, but... I mean, don't look at me. <laughs> I, I get it, right? <laughs> So, um, so yes, so some, some people do go through those uh, realizations, right? That they, um, find something else more appealing or that they are more compatible with other types of work. And that, um, is legitimate, but sometimes, um, you do realize that people are just giving up on their actual true dream yeah, I mean, because like they're scared. Up. Yeah. Which is, which is heartbreaking because again, all the people that could benefit from them, you know, finally like getting to the point where they can step into that power and really provide a service or like in your case, you know, make, give some life-changing coaching sessions that, that can't happen if they don't push through that fear. Right. Right. And so, and it is common for them to come to a coach when they realize that they want to do something and they're stuck and, um, so oftentimes they do realize that there's an element of fear involved and they want someone to push them a little bit. And coaching sometimes serves the purpose of, uh, of providing accountability. Yes. I have had um, women that have come to me because they want to make certain changes in their careers. And um, they've been thinking about it for a while. They know that they have to do it, but they just cannot summon the courage to do it. And by meeting with me week after week and knowing that they have to come back and, and talk to me about their progress, um, that, that kind of helps them to get unstuck and to move. Just knowing that there's an accountability partner out there that's going to be asking them, well, what did you do this week to move forward, right? Right. Because it's, well, that's also kind of scary too, to like have to show your face and be like, I didn't do it. I know exactly. I said I was going to do it, but I didn't do it. Right. And, and I always try to leave them every week with homework, right. With an assignment Um, that of course, it's not something that is imposed. It kind of surfaces naturally from what they say that they want to do. Yeah. So I kind of um, hone in on that. And, and at the end, you know, we'll tell them, okay, so I heard that you want to move in this direction. I heard that you need to do this. When we talk next week, I want to hear that you did it. Right. Right. And that helps them get unstuck sometimes. And it also um, helps them move forward even with um, with fear. Because sometimes what you need is just a little push to move forward. And you know you're not going to die if you do And it. you know you're not going to die if you do <laughs> it. Yeah. So how do people get to work with you? How do they find you? Um, well, they find me through the website. It's uh, legallybalanced.com. And, um, they can also find me on LinkedIn and uh, a lot of people have connected with me through just direct messaging on LinkedIn. That's awesome. Well, I'll definitely put links in the show notes to both the website 
and your LinkedIn profile so people who are listening can get in on some of this amazing coaching that you're offering. Thank you. And thank you so much for being here. This has been awesome. And I love, I just, again, I just love the way 12 years, I think it's been 12 years since I left the firm. No, it's been longer, like 12 and a half, right? No, 10. Sorry. It's been 10, 10 years. I'm like, how old's my daughter again? She was born in 2012. It's been 10 years since I left the firm. And now we're connecting on this level on you know how we serve our our people and I think it's so great what you're doing. I love that you stepped out in fear and then developed this confidence and that you're now able to serve this wider audience and help them harness their power and do do what they want to do with their lives. It's so great. I'm very happy to do it and so happy to be here with you and with your audience. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Well, that wraps up our conversation with Ari Alvarez, host of the Legally Balanced podcast. I know that you took some fascinating nuggets from it and that you are going to hop on over to her podcast and give it a listen. We'll see you next time on the Love Your Mom Life podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really hope you took something of value from it. If you liked this episode, please share it with someone you love, and it would mean the world if you would leave a rating or a review. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Your Ideal Mom Life on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I can't wait to be with you in the next episode of the Love Your Mom Life podcast.